Welcome to the Judas Priest cast, all you metal maniacs. I'm Jay. I'm Jeff. I'm Sam. And, you and you've got, got another podcast, podcast coming. coming. There we go. Well, wow, that was awesome, guys. <laughs> We're all primed and ready on a Sunday. We are coming to you live from the Dirty Duck in Walsall. Dirty Ducks done dirt cheap. Um, <laughs> yes. All right, so Jay, you're going to have to fill us in on this old Dirty Duck. Yeah, well, the Dirty Duck is a local pub in the Midlands, in the black country, in Walsall, where Rob threw himself into the great British tradition of young blokes getting hammered. Rob was a well-established drinker by the time he turned 18 and started frequenting the Dirty Duck. So what happened was his father got him a job through a friend of his when Rob was about 16. So uh, Rob's father knew he was really interested in acting and theater, and he set him up for an interview at a different pub, but it was local in Walsall where he lived. So he set him up for an interview with all the all the people at the Grand Theater in Wolverhampton. It's a prestigious playhouse, you know. So anyway, all these people from the Grand Theater met little Robert Halford for an interview. And mind you, he was 16. So they all met at an establishment in Rob's hometown in Walsall. And they proceeded to get Rob pissed on rum and black currants. <laughs> so he was 16, went in for a job interview, and they totally got him smashed. <laughs> That's like so a kind of job interview. It, dude. I'd go to a lot of job interviews if that's what was happening. Uh, so this was the first time Rob got drunk. He was pissed off his ass. Well, it ended up that he got hired as a lighting tech at the Grand Theater. And after the shows, Rob would join the crew backstage to get blitzed. So all these motherfuckers like to drink. So <laughs> he's 16 years old. He took the bus to, to work at the Grand Theater. After the show, they'd all go backstage and just get blitzed, and he'd have to make sure he catch the bus back home. So um, by the time Rob was 18, he was a professional drinker, man. He would go to the Dirty Duck after work and get hammered. And he said it wasn't he wasn't a social drinker. He drank to get drunk. Homie knew what he wanted way back then. So his nights at the Dirty Duck usually consisted of barley wine chased down with a mogadon. Now, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but it's a mogadon. He took, he'd take usually two mogadons, and that's a strong sleeping tablet and anxiety pill. So he would trade patrons mogadons for drinks. <laughs> so he, he'd have a pocket full of mogadons, and he'd say, hey... You want a couple of these? Or they'd say, hey, Rob, you got some Ogadons? So he'd get drinks in exchange for those. I don't know how he got his hands on those. but so That he was would... actually a um, – so believe it or not, back then, um, it was – so that's a, a benzodiazepine. So it's similar to Xanax, Valium, things like that. So there's probably a pretty high demand for that kind of thing. Oh, right on. So am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, Mogadon, yeah. Yeah. Nice Close enough. Fam. It's still used, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? No doubt. So he would trade patrons the Mogadons for drinks and uh, go home. He was 
18 at the time, obviously. So he'd take the bus home, but he eventually got a Honda 50 moped. So he didn't have to take the bus home. He'd be weaving unsteadily down the A41, pissed off his ass on his way home. <laughs> Probably wasn't wearing a helmet. Uh, so his little sister, Sue, would frequent the duck as well because she was dating a dude who drank there named Brian the Lion. It's because Brian had long blonde hair, looked like a lion's mane. And one day, Brian got the bright idea to try to teach Rob how to drive. Brian had a little mini, <laughs> so they were probably drunk off their ass. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Rob, <laughs> you want to learn how to drive, dude? Because he didn't know how to drive at the time. So he told Rob, they got in the car, he told Rob to let out the clutch lightly and push the gas. So Rob popped that clutch and hit the gas like a bat out of hell, shot like a rocket up the street and sideswiped a car on the left, sideswiped a car on the right. <laughs> and then, uh, so they just kept on going because they didn't want to get caught for doing that. Well, they got far enough away eventually and uh, they switched places in the car. Um, but as it turns out, they, they didn't get caught, but uh, the Mini was pretty good and smashed up. And uh, Rob said, you know, I'll pay for the repairs, Brian. But he didn't make him pay, which was really cool. So it must have not been all that smashed up. But, you know, we don't know if that was the first time Rob drove a stick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sister Sue would eventually date and marry Ian Hill, bass player extraordinaire for Priest. So Sue and the Lion didn't quite work out. Uh, on occasion, back at the Dirty Duck, Rob would fill in as a DJ, and they would have a go-go dancer every once in a while. So he'd play music, and then in between the songs, they'd have a go-go dancer dancing around and stuff. Well, one day when he was there, he looked over and saw his sister Sue dancing the go-go. <laughs> she was the go-go dancer for an evening. <laughs> so the Dirty Duck was popular with the young Halfords. <laughs> this is her. So that's that's just a couple stories from the Dirty Duck. Now, unfortunately, the duck closed in 2007 and is no longer open wide to place your bed in. However. Just recently, a BBC miniseries drama about punk rockers entitled This Town filmed an episode inside the abandoned Dirty Duck. Oh, wow. So check, check, yeah. So check your local listings for that. That's just a couple of the stories from the Dirty Duck in Walsall with little Rob Halford and Sister Sue. You guys have any local pubs that you frequent? Anything like the Duck? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I, I I can think of so many, but you know, as a as a musician, um, we often find ourselves in in less than less salubrious places, and uh, certainly, you know, a telltale sign of a place like the Dirty Duck is you kind of walk in the bathroom and you're already like in a puddle of pee, you know? <laughs> and there's a mint flavored condom machine that's rusty and probably untrustworthy and so you're just get out of there as quickly as possible dude you go to some places man <laughs> wherever the music takes you exactly so i didn't introduce you yet this is oh, sam yeah sam howdy he, 
our first guest on the Priestcast version 2.0. So this That's cat here. I talk to quite often on the Twitters. Uh, he has a lot in common with Jeff and I. He loves metal and he loves baseball. One I of the do. smartest dudes I know. <laughs> Sam from Connecticut. Tell us about yourself, Massachusetts. Man. Although you oh, Massachusetts. You would think Connecticut because of how many freaking concerts I go to in Connecticut. But I am from Massachusetts, yeah. So, um, yeah, my story is a little funny. Uh, actually, I had a, uh, I have a family, uh, family members in radio, um, in the '80s, and uh, as the um, radio station in the Midwest that uh, I had a cousin who worked for sort of transitioned out of music into more of a kind of talk shock shock format. Um, she happened into you know a pretty big collection of radio issued music i don't know if you guys have ever seen like radio issued cds or or vinyl or tapes but these have like a little notch in them um to show that they were issued to the radio station and not for resale right so um you know i'd go over there and she'd be like yeah i have at it and um you know that was when i found for the first time uh say painkiller um i ran nice in there and um so you know listen to that got into that um, and it sort of blew my mind. Another album, not a priest album, but another album, similar time that blew my mind was Rust in Peace um, by Megadeth. But but yeah, that was kind of my first exposure to Priest. And then I think, though, for me, you know, what really, what really solidified the deal was when they reunited and Angel of Retribution came out. I remember picking up that copy. You guys have probably seen it. Of Rising in the East. The, it was a DVD VHS live concert. Right, right. And... And, um, man, just like from the intro, just seeing Rob doing, you know, doing electric eye up on the, on the, um, on the stage and then doing the march down like a robot during metal gods. I'm like, man, this band, um, this is for me. And, you know, since then I've been fortunate to get to see them a bunch of times. It certainly influenced me as a musician. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I followed uh, all, you know, Glenn Sebastian, KK, uh, Richie, um, you know, Ian Hill, of course, is you know, sort of a bass player predominantly now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I see him every chance I get. Um, and, uh, yeah, one of my, uh, one of my, if not my favorite bands of all time, for sure. So did Priest kind of get you into music as far as you being a musician or just all that kinds of music? Brothers. That was my brother. So my brother was a guitar player, and I, there's a big age difference between us. We're about 14 years apart. But he wow. was playing, you know, he was really into, I mean, he was into that stuff too. He's also really into Dawkins and Van Halen and stuff like that. And so I want, you know, like all kids who have a 15, you know, old age difference between them and their brother, they want to be like their brother. So, um, you know, I, I listened to all that heavy metal and, and eventually picked up the guitar myself. And uh, it's cool, you know, now that we're both, you know, full-fledged adults, we get to uh, get to have fun, you know, jamming and going to concerts and things like that. But Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So you jam, you jam with your brother? Senior yeah, band? Yeah, we jam. He's not. He's actually lives on the on the west coast. Um, but uh, but we do jam and we do uh, you know, go to concerts together. He's got a quite quite a guitar collection compared to mine. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he he's I, I really gotta have my brother to uh, give credit for for the fact that I'm a musician. He's the the first musician in our family, and um, yeah, I had a good role model. Nice. So uh, 
you, you play clubs you what's what's your yeah. band all about what do you what kind of music you play i mean i pretty much play in a cover band um and we play a lot of rock some pop kind of covers um we do bar gigs we do club gigs we do the occasional wedding and um it's a lot of fun it really is you know i, I play bass i sing and uh um even though, you know, I mean, we don't play a ton of classic heavy metal. We do play some. We don't play a ton of classic heavy metal. We do play everything we play, whether it's, you know, Def Leppard or Britney Spears. It's got that edge. You know, that's how we do it. Um, nice. And that's what makes it fun. So you play bass and sing. So you're you're like a Getty Lee. Kind of, I play bass <laughs> and I, I get my way through singing. We'll put it that way. <laughs> the the wedding singer yes fortunately we have a good lead singer um but uh yeah harmony is nice 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 so you have uh front row tickets to I do. priest I do. I do i saw them in uh at the oakdale um in on the the, the last leg of the 50th tour um and Oakdale's in Connecticut, and uh, I had gotten tickets, and they were in row B. But what I didn't realize was row B was actually the first row because they clear out a space between row A and the barricade. Um, right. So this time I was able to get row B again. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've seen them a handful of times. I saw them on Firepower. I saw it twice on the on the 50th tour. But oh gosh, yeah, I'm looking forward looking forward to that. Um, great band to see live. I mean, it's just so much fun. Such a good time. So, uh, as far as the Indies Priest, there's a song called The Sinner. Well, <laughs> we've adapted The Sinner to something called The Spinner. Ooh. So, ooh, clever, clever. The Spinner. So, basically, what The Spinner is, is um, a, you spin a wheel. I have a little app on my phone. One of the few things I know how to do on my phone other than talk and text. But uh, I put in um, in the wheel uh, the year's 1974, which is first Judas Priest album release, Rockarola. The year's 1974 until now. And we spun the spinner, Jeff and I, after the first episode, we spun the spinner. And the spinner came out with 2016 the year 2016 as we know the spinner spits and doesn't swallow but 2016 got spit out on the last episode <laughs> sacrifice to vice what year will suffice for the spinner <laughs> so <laughs> so the idea behind that is uh we each get a record released in 2016 and discuss that record i thought it'd be a fun idea we are a judas priest podcast but it's good to discuss other music so jeff yes 2016 release what Fall did you parts by catatonia nice yeah catatonia is one of my favorite bands um and Fall of Hearts is not necessarily a their best album. It's not even a representative album, although it's relatively representative of their more modern sound. 
Uh, I've been a fan of Catatonia since the late 90s uh, when uh, Brave Murder Day was released. And Fall of Hearts is just a... It's a fantastic but not very metal album. It's it's uh it's it's almost alt metal as more more than like a real metal album, but there is in fact a Judas Priest connection to it. Nice. One of the on the Japanese edition, they cover Night Comes Down from Defenders of the Faith. Oh, killer. I need to hear that. Yeah, I'm checking out the my... track listing right now, yeah. That's one of my favorite uh, ballads. And I, I had no song. idea about that when when we picked the album because it's uh, it's not part of the album it, proper. It's just on the Japanese bonus edition. And uh, yeah, so I was like, huh, I wonder what connection uh, Catatonia has to Priest. Oh, well, the album that we picked has a Priest cover on it. Makes it real simple. Nice, dude. I'm gonna have to listen to that. I listened to um, uh, that album parts of it but i obviously i don't have the japanese edition so i i didn't quite get to that one but i thought it was a it was a good album it was the first time i really kind of studied catatonia and i do love dude's voice it's a clean voice and Mm -hmm. what i really dig is the piano in it yeah a lot of the songs have strings piano acoustic so one minute you're like heavy as fuck you know and then it goes right into some strings or piano so i like the the dark and and light aspect of them yeah so it's really cool albums of theirs have been very much exploring a more progressive direction um and it's fascinating they they they're very adept songwriters the uh, singer and guitarist are the mainstays of the band and uh they they write some really cool stuff together. I love nice. the album art. I yeah. Album. I think this is a Travis Smith um, uh, artwork, and he's done a lot of uh, peaceful um, artists. I can't think nice. of any of those, of course, off the top of my head, because i just brain dead. That happens on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so good pick. Good pick. So what Jeff and I did um, after we spun the spinner, we told each other which album we were going to pick so we can each listen to them. But then we decided to have Sam on board. (laughs) And Sam said, no, I I ain't going to give you my pick, man. It's going to be a surprise. So I I do want to keep that a surprise. I'm going to give mine first so we could – leave the stage for sam last so we he said it's it's not funny but kind of something you can laugh at it you can laugh at it something out of left field so we'll we'll get through mine real quick and i picked the last stand by sabaton oh okay so yeah it's their eighth studio album released in august of 2016 so sabaton is a swedish power metal band formed in 99 but they would prefer to be called a unique form of heavy metal. Don't call them a power metal band. They are a power <laughs> metal band and they need to shut the fuck up about that. <laughs> so the main songwriter is vocalist Joachim Broden. And the majority of their albums are about historical events, mainly war and battles. 
And Yoakam was highly inspired by the film Saving Private Ryan, hmm. which is interesting. Great film. Um, they kind of remind me of a cross between Accept and Dream Theater in that in that uh, Accept kind of, the, especially the modern Accept kind of has the uh, backing vocals, the chanting vocals in the background, the oh, you know type deal and i hear a lot of that in sabaton i i'm probably way off base there but it just reminded me of it and then structure wise kind of dream theatery at times um kind of rock opera ish very theatrical mm -hmm. uh, a lot of keyboards but they're not overpowering um good riffs good guitar solo yokum's voice is not kind of operatic but very clean and gritty, which I like. As you know, I'm not into the brrrr. So I, I do like that aspect. Um, the main thing about the vocals are that he rolls his R's. I love that. Roll your R's. <laughs> I can't do it. But <laughs> on every R, <laughs> he rolls it, which is awesome. So the, the thing I really dig about them is their website. It's uh, so if you go to the website, it'll and you pick a certain album, it'll have the track listing, and then under the track, it'll have something you can click on. Um, and under each track, there's like a little box you click on it, and it describes the battle or the event that the song is written about, which is really cool. So you're kind of getting a history lesson, you know, with every with every song, because like I said, they're all, all their songs and albums are about battles and historic things like that. So when you go to the website, you look up a certain track, it's kind of a history lesson, um, which I think is an excellent idea. It's badass. I think more bands should do that kind of explaining, you know, what the vocals mean to them um, as far as the songs go. But anyway, I, I, I dig that. Um, my favorite song off that album is Hill 3234. It's about a battle in 1988 Afghanistan between 39 Soviet paratroopers and 250 Mujahideen rebels. So uh, it's kind of an up-tempo song. Starts with a cool drum solo or drum intro. Um, cool dual harmony solo. Uh, kind of a quick hitter. A catchy riff. So how does Sabaton relate to Judas Priest? I think everybody knows that. Uh, they've done covers of Jawbreaker and All Guns Blazing, to mention a few. They have a record entitled Metalizer, which is a priest song from Redeemer. Um, they list Priest as one of their influences. They've opened for Priest on many occasions. And will be and, this coming and year. Exactly right. You stole my thunder, man. Sorry, man. I um, apologize. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I think everybody was thinking the same thing. Uh, so you probably saw him. Did you see him in 2021? You know, no, actually. So when I saw Priest the first time, um, they, Uriah Heap was the support. And then the next okay. two times I got to see Queens with them. So I have not gotten the Sabaton experience yet. Nice. So you will this time. I will, yeah. Um, so there'll be 
obviously opening for Priest on the first leg of the U.S. Invincible Shield Tour that is not coming to my neighborhood. I'm pissed about that, but they will gotta eventually. Got to get them out there in the Pacific Northwest a little closer to you. That's right. So they're they're doing the you know the East Coast, the South, some of the Midwest, and then um, going to the European festivals in the summer. So I'm looking at uh, fall of 2024, hopefully. So to say about that, yeah. So I'll get the hope. Well, maybe I'll get the uh, Sabaton experience. Don't know. That's going to be a whole other leg. So, so Sam. All right. What you got for us? An so album for, released in 2016. So there's an album released in 2016. I'm going to see if you guys can guess the band based on two clues. I don't expect Uh-oh. you to guess the album based the band based on two clues. Um, clue number one is that they're not American and they're not British. Okay. Um, clue number two is that Rob Halford sat in with this band live on television in 2016. Huh. Live on television. Oh, uh, Baby Metal. You got it. I can't believe yes. you got it. Metal Resistance by Baby Metal. Nice. Jay got it. Jay got it. I love this album. I think it's great. They have an all-star lineup. You'd think with a with a band like them that's got you know uh, kind of a girl group vibe that there wouldn't be a lot of space for guitars and drums and riffs and solos and stuff. There's plenty. I mean, it is, there's plenty of space for it. Um, down tunings, riffs. I mean, it's a really fun album. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite track. I like GJ. Um, you know, they kind of go all over the place, but it is very much, um, it is very, it's a very heavy album. Um, it, it, it is fun, um, but I don't think they compromise really anything musically to placate the whole girl group um girl group phenomenon and, and i think to to rob's point after that performance it's um a cool thing to see you know a group of girls uh you know or singers in their 20s you know um playing uh, a painkiller breaking the law with with rob halford you know on stage as part of their show i you know i think it's a really cool um hopefully it's going to show some hope for the generational kind of linkage um between what constitutes metal 30 40 years ago and what constitutes it now um, so it's a cool album. I'd suggest uh, Metal Resistance to anybody who's curious about baby metal. And certainly check out on YouTube their, um, if you haven't, check out on YouTube their performance of Painkiller and Breaking the Law with Rob. Uh, it's fun. Um, and you could tell Rob's really like, I mean, he's having fun, but he's taking it seriously. No part of him is like, oh, this is just something I have to do. I mean, he's taking it seriously. He wants this to, to, to do well. And I think that's one of the things we all love about Rob. I mean, he does something. He does it because he wants to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, there's blast beats, there's, um, bits that feel electronic, there's bits that feel progressive. Um, but it's a fantastic album. I enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, I'm glad that, that, uh, I sort of did a little bit of, of research cause I, I don't know that I would have linked the years together if I hadn't. Um, but both the album came out and the, the performance with Rob happened in 2016. Nice. That's killer. So do they have uh, some albums prior to 2016 or? Yeah, they were pretty big. Um, Let me see here. So they have, they've been around a bit. I think, in fact, I think they were like 16, 17 when they started releasing music. 
Yeah, their major, major label debut was in 2013. Um, nice. And they have... I'm sorry, 2014. So they have 2014, 2016, 2019, and 2023 is their... Uh, but I, I think most of their... Um, they have actually more out-live albums than they do studio albums, and I think most of their, their revenue comes from, from their live performance more so than more so than anything else. Nice. Yeah, I have seen that uh, on YouTube. Uh, I remember Painkiller um, the most. I don't remember Breaking the Law, but it's a forgettable song anyway. But well, it's not a bad song. It's just that I've heard it a million times. So, but I do remember uh, them performing Painkiller and their band jams. I Great. mean, they're they're legit, man. Yeah, they got Heavy the best. Of the best. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I enjoyed re-listening to it, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I always get super excited when I see, um, you know, young, regardless of, of of what the you know, whether it's a girl group, whether it's a, uh, you know, I just get excited to see you know heavy metal, new heavy metal. So whether it's baby metal or what, um, you know, I'll take it. Nice. Well, that was fun. The Spinner has given <laughs> us some good records, some good suggestions. I know uh, I hadn't listened to Catatonia before um, Jeff and I discussed that, so that kind of opened my eyes. I do like them, which is cool. And Baby Metal, I've heard, you know, the the, the Halford stuff, but I, I don't think I've heard a, a full album. I just remember thinking, man, the band really kicks ass. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, that was good. This is, or I don't know when this is going to come out, but right now we're dead in the middle of the holiday season. So, any of you going to any holiday parties, anything like that? Ooh, not for me. Although, uh, yeah, nope, not for me. I, uh, but actually, <laughs> the band will have some stuff, but, but. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a drinker or a uh, or a partier much, uh, so I tend to lay low with my cat. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, we, uh, I've got nothing going on. I've got uh, basically two weeks off uh, the week before Christmas, the week after Christmas, and I'm just going to be chilling out. Nice. Good call. Good call. Two weeks off is going to be killer. Yeah. yeah. So. You, yeah. No. Nothing. All work, no play makes Jay a dull boy. <laughs> and I, I am I am a, a doll boy and a doughboy, both at the same time. But uh, so, if you guys were going to a holiday party, which you just blew this whole thing up because y'all are boring. But <laughs> so, what kind of what kind of hors d'oeuvres do you like? Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. I'm a chips very, dip very guy. Simple. I'm very simple. I want I want cheese and crackers, and that's about it. Nice cheese and crackers, chip and dip, perfect. Um, one of the things that I really like is a charcuterie board. You guys oh. familiar with those? I'm so surprised you brought that up today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where'd that come from? So a charcuterie board. 
Uh, I mean, everybody knows what, what it is. You have different selection of meats, cheeses, olives, whatever, uh, little breads, crackers, fruits, veggies, um, a lot of different meats. You have the, the smoked salmon. You have the uh, summer sausage, everything like that. So what I thought would be fun is we get five categories of five different things that would be on a charcuterie board. For instance, meat. We'll go meat. We'll go cheese. We'll go fruits, vegetables, and crackers or bread. So that's right up your alley, Jeff. Cheese and crackers. Yep. That's two of, two of the five categories we have for our priest charcuterie board so my stupid idea was that we'd each pick a song for each category um i thought that'd be kind of fun so we could pick each song or a song that goes with each category list them and at, at the end of the uh end of the segment we'll have 15 songs for an album and we'll see if it's a cool record or not. See what happens. So what I think we'll do is we'll go in kind of a snake draft. I know I'm I'm in uh, Sam loves baseball. And both actually all of us here were in the Metal Gods Fantasy Baseball League. So I think, Sam, did you win that whole thing? No, I I, uh, I made it to the the World Series with um, his name's on the top of tip of my tongue, but uh, basically the guy who beat all of us all year. Um, yeah, made it to the World Series with him and then lost graciously, but lost. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, who who won? I don't remember, but Jeff and I sucked. So, yep. Well, sure. Was it? Was it? Oh, uh, I'd have to. A, look. a salary cap. That was his team name. Oh, right. Salary cap. That dude didn't lose, man. He was impossible. Yeah, yeah he was. So, what, what I thought was we'd go kind of snake draft order. Um, we'll start with, with our guest, Sam. Guest first. Then we'll go to Jeff, and then I'll. Actually, let's do that backwards. So Sam could have two in a row to pick. Um, or we can go in whatever order you want. What do you guys think? Oh, you make the call. Oh, man, it's tough. All right. Let's let our guests go first. Guest first. So we'll go Sam, Jeff, and I'll bring up the rear. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we starting with meat? Yeah, starting with meat. Meat's right. the first category. So my choice from for meat um, was the title track from Killing Machine. Killing Machine. Um, nice. And I think I don't know what it is that I associated it with that. But I think it's just the, the, the solidity of that that downbeat, the riff, um, incredibly heavy. I'm gonna say for its time. I mean, which is not to say that it wasn't other heavy music at its time, but it's just got a unique heaviness about a unique groove, um, and it. I guess it just feels meaty to me. So I went with Killing Machine. Nice. A good meaty track. Yeah. Jeff. 
All right, so I'm going to pick the best album, um, or the best song off the album Nostradamus. Because Wow, surprise! Yeah, I don't like that album. And um, actually, I'm going to have to... I might be uh, speaking out of my ass for a second. Is Loch Ness on Nostradamus? Nope. Loch Ness is on Angel of Retribution. Damn it. All right, so I'm going with the best track off of Angel of Retribution. (laughs) Editor (laughs) Jeff, take a note. (laughs) Loch Ness, that is surprising. The meaty monster of Loch Ness. How did you come to that conclusion as far as Loch Ness reminding you of meat? Well, um, my musical tastes run to the slower, the doomier stuff. And so when I think of meat, the musical version of meat to me is something I can sit there and chew on and it's going to satisfy me for a long time. Um, And Loch Ness is a long song. It's a slow song. It's a emotional song. And that satisfies me like a good steak. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Which, incidentally, you had a killer huge steak for dinner. I oh, was thing was a pound. Yeah, it was huge. God. <laughs> Got the beet sweats? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So we have Killing Machine and Loch Ness. So my meat I picked is uh, sausage. So we're going to go Jawbreaker mm. from Defenders of the Faith. <laughs> The, uh, the ninth release, 1984. Um, basically, this song's about a blowjob. Says Rob of Jawbreaker. Uh, Jawbreaker saw me doing my party piece of smuggling gay lyrics into our albums again. It was a song about a giant cock about to come and powerful enough to, well, break the jaw of any guy who tangled with it. <laughs> so my meat is... Sausage. I don't know. We might have to delete this. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you a funny story. The last time I saw a Priest, they played Jawbreaker. And the last time I saw a Priest, my mom, who loves Priest, 76 years old, came with me and was up there at the front singing along with Jawbreaker with me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she had no idea what she oh, was. Oh, no, she knew. I told her, hey, listen. A lot no, of really? Yeah. Yeah. And she was dating. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so as far as uh, Defenders, it's one of my favorite Priest records. I I have it probably number five on my list. I love that record. And for the longest time, uh, The Sentinel was my favorite song, but I've been really digging Jawbreaker. I think it's a great song. I love that song. I think it's kind of a top 10 or 15 Priest song for me. Um I, I I love the KK solo. I'm a big fan of KK solos. I mean, Glenn is more technical. KK is kind of more wild, kind of out there. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but I love the KK solo in this, one of my favorites. Um, a perfect second song for an album. Great riff, catchy chorus. Like I said, probably a top 10, eh, maybe top 15, but probably top 10 pre-song in my opinion so that is my pick jawbreaker so i oh i guess we're going snake 
Yep. Snake traps. We are going cheese. So my cheese, and this is good cheese, is take these chains from Screaming for Vengeance, 1982. The song is pure cheese. I mean, it's a it's a poppy hit single. It was written to be a poppy hit single. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It is cheese at its finest. It's not stinky cheese. It's good cheese, like uh, sharp cheddar, mozzarella, or Swiss pepper jack. Another good cheese. Um, it's kind of like a hair metal song, a poppy. Uh, I don't know if it's a ballad, but. Um, one of the band members, I think it was Rob or somebody called it a poppy ballad, which I don't see the ballad part, but I do see the cheese part. I mean, the lyrics are cheesy as hell. Um, co-written by Bob Halligan Jr., uh, who was a hired gun songwriter. Um, and he actually, that was the first time that Priest worked with him. And he went on to work with Halford and well, the Halford band and Priest on a couple more songs. Um, I fucking love this song. One of my favorites off Screaming for Vengeance. Cheesy, just cheesy, cheesy. Um, solo work is awesome. Um, catchy, quick hitter. Should have been a bigger hit, but I think um, you got another thing coming kind of over to you. I think when they made the record, they kind of thought Chains was going to be the big radio hit and kind of the the catchy song because it's so radio friendly and, and cheesy. Um, but as it turns out, you got another thing coming was a huge hit still is. Not to mention about 12, 13 other of the 10 songs or whatever on that album that were incredibly popular. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Their best-selling record screaming yeah. for vengeance, their best-selling record to this day, got a lot of metal heads into priest. And that's really when they were at the height of their power. Yeah. Um, was during that record. So, cheese, man. We're going chains. Jeff. So, I'm going with the title track from the very first album. Ooh, Rockarola. Rockarola. Wow. Um, when my first initial thought was cheese, I could go with Breaking the Law, You Got Another Thing Coming, any of those uh, 80s hits that just drive me absolutely nuts. And I was like, no, I don't want to put that on there. I want something that has some cheese, but is decent, a decent song. So uh, I enjoy rock and roll. I like that album. I, and, uh, and that title track has some incredibly cheesy lyrics. So I think it <laughs> yeah, it does. Rock and roll a woman for a rock and roll a man. Yep. I mean, come on. That is cheese at its finest. So would you say it's good cheese or stinky cheese? Oh, this is good cheese. This is this is not a Roquefort. <laughs> good cheese, like a sharp cheddar or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love um, the bass sound in Rockarola. Yeah, that's a good one. Sam, cheese, man. All right, so I'm not going to call it stinky cheese, but I will call it, like, cheese I'd rather not eat. Um, like Velveeta, maybe, you know, out of a tube. Uh, I'm going to go with the song, Defenders of the Faith. Oh, nice. Because nice. it's, I know what they're trying to do, and I don't think they quite hit the mark. But I'm sure there's people who disagree with me on that, but it seems a little bit silly to me. 
um, and a little bit kind of plasticky and fake, kind of like Velveeta. Uh, so that's that was my pick. Yeah, they're kind of going for kind of a sing-along yeah. anthem type deal to get the crowd going, you know, get the whole crowd sitting there singing, we are. It never really materialized, unfortunately. No. That is a great pick. Defenders <laughs> of the faith. So you're up in our in our snake draft. We're going yeah. veggies, vegetables. Veggie. So this this one might have been sort of like a like an, a visual association, but I took uh, I went with Green Manalishi for this one. And, nice. Um, and I think a big part of the reason is because it feels kind of like much like uh, much like lettuce or tomato or something. Like it goes with so many things. Like you can stick it kind of anywhere in the set list, and it's going to sound good. Um, every part of it. Like, is there anything technically mind-blowing about it? No, but it is just a really healthy, great song, um, great cover that I always love to hear, um, and uh, and it's green. So, uh, so yeah, green manalishi for me. The green manalishi, yeah. I know you love vegetables, Jeff. Yeah, so I could have gone with literally any song off of Turbo, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, I actually I had the same thought going with a cover, something that needs to be done. So I went with uh, Diamonds and Rust. Nice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Diamonds. So we're going cover, cover, man. Diamonds and Rust. So veggie in aspect of... In that I will listen... I will... I, I, it, Diamonds and Rust is not a song I will protest listening to, um, but it isn't def, It's what I'm going to leave to the side as long as I can. Oh, okay. Interesting. Cool. So, um, Veggie, I have Let Us Pray. Call for the Priest. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let Us Pray. <laughs> uh, fucking banger. Um, I believe. It's only been played live a handful of times, if at all, um, surprisingly, which I don't really understand why. It's a it's a banger, very underrated tune. Um, I dig the build up. I dig when it kicks in. Total metal, and Simon Phillips is friggin' killing it on this song. Um, and speaking of like swing, uh, I love Ian's like swing bass line in that first bridge part. Where it's kind of, kind of the baseline kind of goes kind of swingy, um, not through the whole song, but kind of the first bridge part. It's really cool. Um, the dueling solos highlighting KK and Glenn Styles. Um, you can totally tell who's who on that solo leading into the guitar harmony. Um, 100% Priest lead break for me. I wish that they'd pull it out and play that uh, that song a lot more. I think that'd be killer. So that is my ve- my veggie. Let us pray. So I guess I'm up again. Um, fruit. Fruit is our next category. And for fruit, I have Beyond the Realms of Death. Oh, damn it. Stained class. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's all right. Uh, 1978 stained class and this song's about a dude with debilitating depression and anxiety I, it, anyway that's how i interpret it interpret it 
Um, he basically can't take care of himself. He's incapacitated, needs to be bathed and dressed and fed. So when I think of people being hand fed um, from either physical ailments, mental ailments, old age, I think of being fed applesauce. And that's a fruit for sure. Or in my case, um, ever since my stupid bitch doctor told me I have the pre-diabetes, I have oatmeal with mixed fruit every morning for breakfast religiously. Um, every morning, same thing, mixed fruit in my oatmeal. So that obviously right off the bat reminded me of fruit. Um, and of course, man, it's beyond the realms of death. Top three pre-song for me, for sure. Um, it's kind of a blueprint for a power ballad. I mean, everything about this song is perfect. Probably my second favorite pre-song of all time. Rob's voice is epic. It's legendary. Uh, going from beautiful ballad to, you know, just straight up awesome metal. Um, and in interestingly enough, this song has my two favorite solos in it. Of course, Glenn's solo in the middle of, of Beyond the Realms of Death is just friggin' legendary. And then my that's my favorite Glenn solo. And then uh, my favorite KK solo is actually the outro. Huh. That solo right at the end of Beyond the Realms of Death, that outro I think is KK's best work. I friggin' love, love Beyond the Realms of Death. Great pick. Right. That was a nice pick. Thank you, sir. Jeff, fruit. So uh, fruit and vegetables are basically the same thing to me, and they all belong in a grinder. Nice. Mmm. Yeah. I I love Grinder. I think that song is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it is aggressive and heavy, and it doesn't. Uh, '80s Priest is 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 not my favorite Priest, and Grinder has. It doesn't have the elements of 80s priests that irritate me. So <laughs> I, I, the lyrics are aggressive. The, the, the guitars are aggressive. It's just that that's uh, one of my favorite songs from the eighties for that, from them. Nice. Nice. Good choice. Sam. Yeah. Excellent yeah. choice. So I, I did pick a backup uh, from beyond the realms of the hundred percent agree with everything you said. Um, and uh, my backup and I think it's it's equally fitting there, is going to be Dreamer Deceiver slash Deceiver. Oh, uh, beautiful, man. And you know, I, I'll be honest, I just, I, I think that the correlation here, I just, I, I mean, I love fruit. I love eating grapes. I love eating oranges. So positive song, songs that I love, I will associate with fruit, and that's one of them. It's so dynamically diverse throughout the song. Um, it takes us on from the just the the range of of what these these guys are capable of doing and um and so yeah that's my pick uh, i love I, I would love to hear a modern interpretation of it. i don't think we'll be so lucky but um but just a classic song and nurturing fulfilling um and meaningful powerful i could, couldn't have said it better myself that is actually beyond the realms of death and dreamer deceiver deceiver are in my top 3 of pre-songs of all time, so that is awesome. Yeah, that's an amazing choice. Yeah. Love it. Man, we're coming up with some good <laughs> shit here. Pretty good album so far. 
I'm digging it, man. Uh, Sam. Oh, right. Cracker and bread. All right. Um, Crackers and bread. So um, for this one, I'm going to go with, so, so, so if we're making like a sandwich or a little, uh, you know, a piece of, you know, a couple, um, you know, a piece of pepperoni in between crackers here, um, we can assume that the cracker can begin be at the beginning or at the end, um, but it is a very important part. And for that reason, I'm going to go with electric eye. Um, wow. It's a common set opener. Um, it never disappoints, and it's a great way to lean into the charcuterie board that is Judas Priest Live. Um, timeless, and uh, yeah, it's the bread of the band, the cracker of the band. That was under Excellent. my consideration for this uh, this uh, this category as well. Well chosen. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. This album's going to kick ass. Jeff, Cracker's Breakfast. Nice. I went with the definition of Cracker as something that's snapping, something that's uh, hot and and moving fast. And Starbreaker is just a fantastic, fast song. I love that song so much. Some real cool percussion on that song, too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. That is a cracker. This album's getting better and better, man. So to uh, end our our beautiful charcuterie priest record, uh, crackers and bread. I went with bread, and what rises? Judas rising. Oh, great! Yeah, bread is rising from Angel of Retribution, two thousand five. Roy Z actually produced this record, which is awesome. So um, bread actually rises, of course. It's uh, the return of Rob Halford, the first song you hear of the reunion era, um, and the beginning of what I call the reunion era. Awesome way to say, we back, bitches. Judas is, in fact, rising. Uh, Killer heavy mid-tempo banger, cool intro, cool build-up, nice riff, patented Halford scream. Again, one of my favorite KK solos. That's I can't probably get... my number one favorite KK solo. Yeah, yeah, I did a, a thing on the Twitters a while back. My favorite, my top ten favorite KK solos, and that was number one. Um, I've since kind of think Beyond the Realms of Death outro, but those are my one and two. Love the KK solo. I'm a huge fan of any KK solo. Uh, so yeah, Judas is rising i like this i album. think i think this album kicks ass it's a killer charcuterie board of priests so we got opening our charcuterie priest album killing machine we go into Loch ness jawbreaker take these chains right into rockerola we'll slow it down a little with defenders of the faith that'll be a short one we go. Way. Yep. <laughs> we'll go into Green Manalishi, Diamonds and Rust, Let Us Pray, Beyond the Realms of Death, Grinder. Oh man, this is getting good. Dreamer, Deceiver, Deceiver, Electric Eye, Starbreaker, Judas Rising. That, my friends, is a killer priest record. That's a great, great, great record and great album too. Or a great, uh, great uh, uh, set list, too, I should say. Yeah. Oh, man. That is, I mean, you can't do any better than that. Yeah. So there are three categories for this album. So does the record char 
charge your face off. Cute. Is it a cute little record? Cute, cute little album like meh. Or is it bored? Boring. Charcuterie. Bored. Char your face off. Cute little record. Or bored. Boring. I'm going to say this is a char. I, I, I think this record melts your face off, man. A char's for me. Burning. Burning char. If what do you I, think, Jeff? Jeff? Looks like Jeff's having some uh, some difficulty. I see his ugly mug, but we've lost him. We've lost Jeff. Look under the bed. I don't know. He's somewhere. He's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> He'll. I'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> so that was a fun exercise, man. Oh, yeah, he's texting good. me. Oh, he lost power. Oh no. Oh no! He's lost power. Okay. All right. So let me text him back here. We are live. So um, basically, the uh, the uh, the dirty duck lost power, man. Yeah. Well, par for the course for the dirty duck, I suppose. Exactly. The floor is sticky anyway. So yes, no go. big loss. No. So. Um, in lieu of Jeff not being here, we're still gonna spin the spinner. Let All me right. get to my let me get to my uh, my spinning wheel here. So basically, like I said, it's every year between the first priest release, which is 1974, up until present. Oh, I think I hear Jeff. Anyway, so we spin the spinner. We pick a release from the year that the spinner spits out and we discuss a record from that year so let me get this going and we will oops that's the wrong one yeah i'm not technically good here we go spin the spinner you hear it i do there we go Sacrifice to vice. What year will suffice for the spinner? Oh, we're sticking in the 2000s. 2003. 2003 okay. will be an album release for the spinner. <coughs> Excuse me. I can't sing like Rob. It kills my throat. No one can. It, well, that's true. Anything that jumps out at you, 2003? Yeah, actually, the first one that comes to mind is Dance of Death by Iron Maiden. Unless we're talking about, uh, yeah, Dance of Death by Iron Maiden jumps out to me. Yeah. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting. I'll have to do some research, and we'll, uh, we'll come back with The Spinner, 2003. Hmm. Hmm. Sam, it's been awesome, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, totally. Appreciate it. I know we, we talk all the time on uh, on the Twitters there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Jeff Jeff there might be is. coming back. Man. I made it. Oh, hey. Typical Welcome Florida back. weather knocks out the uh, power and internet for a minute. No, we're in Walsall, man. We're at the, the Dirty Duck. Oh, sorry. Typical English weather. Yeah. 
There you, <laughs> there you go. Damn Midlands. So, <laughs> so we spun the spinner, and it spit out 2003. Okay. Yeah. So we were just uh, in the process of thanking Sam for being here. It's been great. Much appreciated. I am honored, honored to join you too, and uh, and get a chance to do this. Awesome. We'll have to have you on again, man. This was really cool. I love your insight coming from a, a musical background. I love your passion and and your love of the priest. Likewise, this has been great. I think we lost Jeff again. Uh-oh. Oh, lost power again. So, all right. So next time on the Judas Priest cast. Hopefully we won't have any power issues, but we will have some power music, some metal, some stories about priests. We'll play uh, another uh, reindeer game. I think the charcuterie went off well. That was fun. Made a killer record. We'll come up with something else fun like that. Uh, we'll, we'll hit uh, some 2003 releases. We'll play games. We'll have some priest history. I have a good one next time about some priest history and uh, it should be fun. We're going to review a song or two, have a couple in mind. Uh, we're going to have another guest. So hopefully it'll, he or she will be as cool as Sam, or maybe we'll just have Sam back. It's killer. Hey, you, ne- you never know. You, you got to be able to do better, but I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Nice. Nice. So I want to thank Rob Halford and Martin Popoff. Those are the the two books that I kind of do my research with, come up with some, uh, some cool facts, some cool ideas. I want to thank all of you for listening to the Judas Priest cast and always keep defending the faith. All right. Right on the fly.